It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. Pleasure as always to have you with us here on a Saturday morning. We're recording this program on Thursday, which as it turns out, is my first day back to work <laughs> since I uh, got sick over the weekend. I guess I had one of those flu strains. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but goodness, uh, the cough that came along with it uh, lingers. So if I happen to uh, break away for a minute, <laughs> you'll know why. Uh, but it's great to be back in the studios of KSL in downtown Salt Lake City. And fingers crossed my voice holds out through uh, throughout the recording of the next couple of hours. Lots to talk about today and to help me do that. Russ Smith from uh, Skycall Satellite back in studio this week. Yeah, I was here last week. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just said back in studio. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. I'm all right. Here. All right. All right. <laughs> Good morning, uh, yeah. So I've been sick this week. Yeah. You've been all right? Yeah, I've been fine. I'm uh, fine. Taking care same of, old stuff. Taking care of Dad. Yeah, down taking in care of Dad. Delta. He's down there in a Delta care center. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see him, but he's... he's uh, He's roughing it out it's, here. It's that season <laughs> yeah. of our life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, we never did make contact last night or last week with our uh, Antarctica right. connection, did we? I guess it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because I haven't gotten any response. I sent him a bunch of text messages. Unless there's some sort of a technical issue, um, they should have got them. If they took their phone out of the box and turned it on. Yeah. That's always the biggest problem. Yeah, they yeah. they really have to have plans to participate yeah. uh, or there's not a thought to pull that uh, phone right. out because right. they're not in an emergency yeah. situation sometimes. And and, and uh, my expectations aren't super high on this because he's guiding a big group of people in Antarctica. Right. I think he's busy. Yeah, you, you, think, you think he's got a few other things yeah. to do. Uh, with us also, uh, Navidomskis, yeah. back with us. Mike Navidomskis, old Navi up there in uh, Kaysville. I got the official um, certification that you're retiring on a, on a text and an email this week. Yes, I'm officially gone. Tomorrow's my last day. Wow, look at That's that. Awesome. Is that. Is that a pinch me moment? Sort of a weird thing to wrap your brain around, I'm guessing. Well, my brain can't wrap around it. Like, yesterday was Kel's last day, and I asked her how she feels today being retired. And you, your mind can't grasp it. It's like, well, a day off. It, it hasn't really sunk in. Yeah. You well, know? Well, uh, good times are coming, and uh, yeah. lots of things on the to-do list here. The, the most immediate is to get out there and enjoy yeah. some of that snow that has gobbled up our resorts over the last uh, month or so. A hundred percent. Um if, like I say, I, I couldn't take a sick day today. There was 35 inches at Deer Valley <laughs> and clear skies, and I couldn't take a sick day because all you have two days is the last day with the kids. Yeah. You're not going to have to worry about that anymore, are you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's taking the opportunity to ski every day this week with the exception of yesterday, and mm. uh, she and some friends, actually her uh, nephew, her brother's son, 
Bob, Robbie, we call him, uh, was in town with one of his buddies, and uh, they ended up staying up at Snowbird because they knew that there was a big dump coming, and they wanted to be the first on the hill, and they got lucky because they closed down Little Cottonwood Canyon to clear, I think, two or three different slides off the road up there. Yeah, that's the best thing you could do, whatever it costs is worth it. Those special days of your life when you're locked in at Snowbird, <laughs> yeah. it's as good as it gets. Yeah. Anyway, they're going home uh, back to California with uh, smiles on their faces, one to San Diego, one to Bakersfield. But we sure had fun with them in town this past week. We're going to talk a lot about ice fishing uh, today. Nate Zelensky is going to be back with us. Uh, we talked with him, what was it, three weeks or so ago? Yeah. Maybe it was longer than that almost a month ago, about uh, ice fishing tournaments they have coming up. And the Division of Wildlife Resources, uh, Faith Jolly, actually sent me a uh, list of some of the places close to home where you can uh, get out and do ice fishing this time of year. So we're going to focus on some of those, and we'll let let, uh, Nate also chime in on some of the places that they're going to be having their official structured tournaments. But, of course, you can go out and do these... uh, a day of ice fishing anytime you uh, so desire. They listed 10 of them close to Salt Lake City, also the Uinta Basin in southern Utah. So we'll share some of those with you coming up on the show. Speaking of getting out and enjoying some winter activities, uh, Bob Grove told me last week that he was considering heading down to Ruby's at at Bryce Canyon, and he followed through. So he's going to be sitting there with uh, Lance Syred, I think. Awesome. So the final half hour of the show, we'll do a couple of segments talking about uh, why you should go to Bryce this time yeah. of year. Boy, it's beautiful. This is the time to see it. This and the, and the Grand Canyon, both sides, yeah. this time of year. Yeah. Uh, you do have to dress a little differently than you do in the summertime because it gets a little cold <laughs> up there chilly, yeah. in, in the mornings. But they've got some fun activities, uh, a, a winter fest of sorts with uh, lots of clinics that they do down there. So we'll let Lance tell you more about that coming up. Then uh, we'll also be checking in. Let me just uh, grab this for a second here. Faith also sent me one more note, um, maybe if I can grab it, about uh, our DWR segment to start the next uh, hour at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. And looking forward to having Blair Stringham back with us uh, to talk about some of the DWR and UDOT partnerships to help not just big game you know, sometimes we talk about uh, these bridges that they put up yep. in the fencing mm. to keep big game from having encounters with right. uh, vehicles and causing problems on both sides. Just through observation, I just think that's worked so well. Yeah. Up, especially this one that we all drive up Parley's. Yeah. You know. Oh, the bridge right there yeah. at the top. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the fences. Par- yeah. A part of the story that doesn't get as much attention, but really should, are some of the uh, renovated irrigation diversions that they do. That we wanted to uh, highlight mm-hmm. here to protect certain species of fish mm-hmm. and make sure that spawning goes on. Navi, I know that's uh, something that you have concentrated on uh, with all of the damming that's gone on in the western part of the U.S. Yeah, the dam dams. Um, it's been a problem. It, it pretty much has killed our salmon industry in the lower 48. And unfortunately, we're learning from huge mistakes. And I don't know if we'll ever get it back to the way it was, but we definitely have prioritized it now. So that's a good good start in the right direction. Yeah. So uh, we'll look forward to sharing some of those uh, stories with you. They, they passed along a picture. I, Russ can see it. Navi, yeah. you won't be able to. But, I mean, there's one of the – uh, irrigation bypasses that they have put in 
to uh, help with uh, fish in the <laughs> South Fork of the Junction the Creek fisher. up there in Box Elder County. The fish are laughing all the way up there. <laughs> <laughs> they think this is what it's supposed to look like. My gosh. <laughs> Looks uh, good, though. Uh, unlike. To a human. I was going to say, unlike uh, some of the big game who may have other options to cross roads, right, fish right. don't really have a choice. No, they right? don't. <laughs> so uh, some of these are actually more important than others. We're talking about getting up the canyon, Navi, and I. Uh, one of the stories KSL was following this week and reported at KSL.com is this new agreement between uh, the Salt Lake County Council. They've approved a measure that's going to provide close to a quarter of a million dollars to add some private bus service to uh, ski resorts in mm. big little cottonwood Good. canyons. Hopefully that's going to alleviate some of the pressure at least uh, for the short term, you know, in the long term, everybody's still focused on uh, the gondola idea. But they've added or will add some buses beginning on January 26th. I don't know if you heard about that. Yes. Um, it, you know, it's a good thing. And, and realistically, it's just getting the skiers to have a habit right. of taking the bus. It's You know, once you get used to it, then you can predict it and it's not a bad thing. But that first time to get out of the car and get in the bus is going to be a trial to get these people to do it. There's a $10 charge for these buses. They're going to run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and on holidays beginning January 26th, and they'll run them through April 16th. But uh, funds are coming from a public-private partnership between Visit Salt Lake, uh, UTA, Alta, Snowbird, Solitude, Brighton, and uh, some other county officials. So. It's a great part, idea. Part of the problem that I hear is just the parking. Down in the oh, city. it's a nightmare. And uh, we've had guests with Airbnb that they were parking all the way down at lots down along State Street. Yeah, and then and they had to catch a bus to that bus stop, right, to go up there. And that that why not just drive? But I would rather ride a bus any day. To, to go up there. I can't tell you how many videos and, and photos I've seen of people with their feet uh, propped up on the dash yeah. <laughs> waiting waiting for the canyon to open. But uh, that is a regular thing that's happening around here these days. All right. We're going to uh, have to take a quick break here. We're, I'll, we'll talk more about it coming up when we uh, check News of the Week, which is coming up right around the corner. So stay with us. Navi, stand down. Uh, grab another bite of that sandwich and we'll uh, come back and talk about it. Uh, the cost of the service, by the way, uh, I think I mentioned was ten dollars. Yeah, and the date of the start of that bus running will be January twenty-six. For those that want to do it, the uh, fleet will have connections in Midvale, Cottonwood Heights, and Sandy, in coordination with UTA. And my guess is all of this is going to be sorted out and explained on uh, the UTA app for those of you that may use it for transportation elsewhere. All right, we'll come back. We'll take a look at news of the week next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's take just a couple of minutes and talk about uh, news of the week here. We were just talking during the break about the laziness of Americans yep. and, uh, you know, uh, lamenting about the new bus service or the exp- extended bus service, the expanded bus service that's going to get us up bigger little Cottonwood Canyon and how attached we are to our cars. 
part of that now is uh, that the transportation just doesn't get us where we need to go, Navi, like you find in Europe or like you would find even in New York, where the metro can drop you on every corner. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're going to change. It's just taking us longer to do it. Yeah, but uh, every time we come back from a European trip, we always uh, lament that we're supposed to be the richest country in the world and don't have the means to get us from one place to another without, you know, a, a snail's pace uh, rail service or that in most cases won't get you exactly where you need to go or anything other than uh, air air service. to get And, you know, let, let me – I don't want to be rude, but my wife comments extensively when we come back and she forgets how, how fat we are until we get home and yeah. see <laughs> – I mean, there's just no question Europeans aren't fat. And yeah. if you live in Europe, add three years to your life. Yeah. Well, there are fat Europeans. I've seen them. But, no, but a, as a percentage of the population, you're right. Right. They stand out like sore thumbs yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, a uh, couple of things I wanted to uh, make a point of here. One, uh, not good news, that uh, the DWR has confirmed avian flu now in wild birds in four additional counties in Utah. So look at all the counties involved now. Cash, Carbon, Davis, Millard, Salt Lake, San Pete, Tooele, Utah, Weber. I mean, we're talking pretty much statewide here. Uh, now the virus confirmed in uh, wild birds in four additional counties. Duchesne, Morgan, Summit, Uinta County. The most recent cases were confirmed in highly pathogenic avian influenza on Monday of this past week. So... It was a it was a duck that was found September 29th in Summit County, a Canadian goose in Duchesne, uh, red-tailed hawk in Uinta County. So, pretty widespread, and so they're starting to talk about how to keep yourself and your dog safe if you're headed out mm-hmm. doing, um, uh, you know, duck hunting. Or, what, or how widely does that affect wildlife? Uh, wildlife in general, not wide, but anything of a feathered friend. Uh, birds, it has chickens very, too. Very, very uh, chickens. That's, that's it's hard to keep those masks on them, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it really. Yeah, is. yeah. They just peck the heck out of them. That uh, beak it yeah. pokes through. Yeah, but it is one of the reasons we were not laughing, but we were reporting on Utah's morning news about the incredible cost of eggs right now, and this bird flu has something to do with that. Yeah. Re- restaurants were saying they used to pay. For a case of eggs, they paid $27. Now they're paying 150 bucks, And uh, eggs are just in tough supply right now. So uh, they, they suggest that if you're going on any waterfowl hunts this hunting season, some tips to keep yourself and your dog safe. Do not harvest, handle, or eat any animal that appears sick, first of all. And I remember having this conversation last year at this time. Field dress game animals in well-ventilated areas or, uh, or outdoors, uh, which I would think most people do. Avoid direct contact with the intestines. Sorry for that at breakfast time here. Mm. Wear rubber or disposable latex gloves. Keep your birds cool, clean, and dry. Do not uh, eat, drink, or smoke while cleaning, game, or or handling. And when it comes to dogs, dogs are susceptible, I guess, uh, to this virus, but don't show any clinical signs. Mm. Uh, though the risk of infection, they say, is low, they invite you to uh, visit the DWR website for information on it. But uh, So they, they don't want to freak people out, obviously, about what it might mean for your hunting dog. But it is something to be aware of anyway. And then I love this. Uh, we were talking about all the snow we've been uh, dealing with. Mother Nature kind of took care of everything in my front yard. But, Navi, you have a north-facing house. So my guess is keeping the snow out of your driveway 
except under that gigantic uh, <laughs> motorhome is probably a challenge sometimes. Oh, it's a windbreak. But you know what? I love it. I absolutely love it. I get excited when I get a shovel. I'm like, oh, boy, back to the old days when I used to shovel. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I keep all the snow in my yard. Like, I don't put it anywhere. I move it all to one spot so it gets higher. Yeah. Yeah, I have a love affair with snow. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we used to do that, too, just because my kids love playing in it so much. So right. we, we'd always make sure we put it on the lawn. But there's a new app out right now for those that hate shoveling. And quite frankly, physically can't do it anymore. Russ, you push yours around with an old ATV. Yeah, still, we just right? finally got that running to get this wet, wet stuff out of the way. Yeah. There's an app out there that has provided lawn care services to homeowners now offering snow removal on demand. It's called Green Powell, and it works similar to like uh, Uber and DoorDash and some of those oh. others. The app launches locally uh, this past week, or did this past week, and will connect homeowners with a local snow removal professional. Homeowners can list their property on the app with information, including when, where, and how uh, how much snow needs to be removed. Now, I got what's guys. the name of it, Tim? It's called Green Powell. Green Powell. Green Powell. You know, they have like P-A-L. Angie's list. They should have had like Frosty's list. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says, other than Salt Lake City, the Green Pal website says it's available in Layton, West Jordan, Sandy, Bonifil, Harriman, Clearfield, South Jordan, West Valley, and a list of zip codes is available. You can just, if you're looking for it, and we're doing a nice little uh, public service for them right now, you can just go to yourgreenpal.com for information. P-A-L, pal. I got guys. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. I know you do. Who are knocking on your door right now, probably uh, looking for no, work. No, they got it yesterday. They came early in the morning yesterday. I, I didn't know they got up that early. But last time, they didn't get paid because the snow melted before they got there. Ah, yeah. I see. So now they're quick to the door yeah. to make sure they get yeah. it before Mother Nature does. All right. We've got a break. We've got a news update next. And uh, on the other side, talking ice fishing. Looking forward to giving you some more information about ice fishing tournaments. That are right around the corner, so stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.